Tuesday, September 6th, and this is Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill, and joining me in studio today from Motley Fool Inside Value, Joe Mager, and from Motley Fool Global Gains, Tim Hansen. Guys, good to see you. Hey. What's happening? Good Labor Day weekend? Great Labor Day weekend. I enjoyed myself as well. All right. I didn't spend any time with Joe. That's good, because because as uh, I'm sure you've noticed, we've had a rocky start to the week. We had a big sell-off in the European markets. We have President Obama's job speech coming later in the week. So we are going to ease into the first week of fall with a round of yes, no, maybe so. Uh, For new listeners, this is where we go around the table, um, and the guys give a stock that they really like, a stock they really don't, and my favorite part, a stock that they are genuinely conflicted about. Tim Hansen, we'll start with you. What is your yes stock? Uh, my yes stock is Yahoo, which is a company I think folks have heard me talk about in the past. It is on the like NASDAQ. Like 1999? Oh, yeah. Or... <laughs> We're going way back, Joe. Uh, and you go after this. So you better be kind. Um, NASDAQ, Y-H-O-O. Uh, the, the reason I'm interested, as people may know, is because they own a significant stake of Alibaba Group, which is a Chinese e-commerce company. Um, we, uh, Our team has estimated the value of Alibaba, uh, Yahoo's stake in Alibaba, um, to, to imply valuation for Alibaba about $25 billion. Mm-hmm. Um, what we know now after last week is that Alibaba has recently been buying back stock from former employees at a valuation that they say is about $35 billion. So it looks like Alibaba is worth more than we even thought. With Yahoo down at $12 per share, you can find that $12 just in the value of Yahoo's business, which while is not, is not significant, is also not zero. We say yep. it's about $4 per share. The cash on their balance sheet and their investment in publicly listed Yahoo Japan, that adds up to about $12. So you're getting Alibaba for free. China's a dicey place, but roll the dice, baby. Roll the dice, Joe. <laughs> roll the dice. <laughs> Joe, you're... I'm doing the exact opposite of that. That's with so typically you. Uh, your uh, yes stock, Joe? Yeah, so Johnson & Johnson. Unlike the U.S. government, it has a AAA credit rating. <laughs> Uh, has 3.6% dividend yield. Everybody kind of knows the general story with J&J, so I'll spare you that. But where I think the variant perception is here is that people are hung up on product recalls that have been plaguing J&J over the past two years. That's a real concern, but I think it's overblown. When you actually look at the business, you see only about a quarter of it is consumer, and that is a pretty small percentage. And individually, when you look at the specific products we're talking about here. None of them are all that big in the revenue scheme. The biggest product they've got is Remicade, which is about 7% of sales. And Remicade's holding up just fine. So I think it's much to do about nothing and a pretty nice little risk-adjusted pickup. What is Remicade? It's for rheumatoid arthritis. Okay. Um, I'm a Johnson & Johnson shareholder. And I got to say, the last couple of years, you mentioned the product recalls. It, it almost seems like it's the sort of thing that hurts more on the perception level of the company rather than the revenue. Isn't it like ultimately, if this continues, doesn't it become a situation where Johnson & Johnson kind of just doesn't have its house in order? Well, you could say that, but I think a lot of people thought that back in the day with Tylenol too, and they were yanking it off the shelves. And I think they did a pretty masterful job of Mm -hmm. overcoming that. And I think that if Tylenol stayed as strong a brand as it has over that time horizon with the troubles that it's had, then, you know, I think it's a, bit of an overblown thing. And to be honest, the fact that you didn't even know Remicade is their biggest seller probably well speaks to how disconnected people are with the underlying business. Please don't about. please don't hold me up as an example of an engaged investor. Please don't do that. It's, I think it's kind of like a it's kind of like a happy marriage. You're allowed to make a lot of mistakes. But as long as you apologize and clean up after yourself, it all works out. I said with all due respect. <laughs> I'm sorry about the Remicade, honey. I'll take it off the shelves. 
All right, let's move on to the no stocks. Uh, Tim Hansen, what is your stock that you are just staying far, far away from? Well, the stock I'm staying far, far away from is a Norwegian company called Marine Harvest, and the ticker is MNHVY. Um, they are a salmon farmer, and they have had a fantastic few years because, as you may not have known, uh, there was a uh, two years ago there was a virus in Chile that wiped out all the salmon farms there. So everybody else who was growing salmon that was not <laughs> contaminated—it's like the potato famine. Yeah, for yeah fish. the Chilean salmon virus. Um, so everybody who had healthy salmon mm-hmm. saw prices go up a lot. Uh, demand stayed stable or went up. Supply went way down. Prices go up. Marine harvest makes a ton of money. Chilean supply though is now coming back online. And prices for salmon are dropping, as you may have noticed at the store. Uh, Whole Foods just had a, a fantastic one-day salmon deal. Um, true story. <laughs> but Marine Harvest, the stock has been crushed uh, on account of these falling prices. It looks cheap, but they've got a big debt load. And ultimately, I think prices aren't going to be big enough to help them overcome their debt load. I'd stay away from this one. So this is one of those cases where the stock is cheap for a really good reason? Exactly right. And it looks a lot cheaper than it is just because salmon, like any commodity, the prices can move around and, and right now they're going down. I think they have farther to go. Weren't you just telling me last week I should be looking at salmon farmers? There are other salmon farmers that are worth looking at. Marine Harvest is not one of them. Okay. Joe, you're no stock? And so Garmin, I think everybody's kind of familiar with the story there, but they're the guys who make the personal navigation devices, the wristwatches, uh, things you stick up in your car to help you get around GPS units. Uh, personal navigation device sales are going to fall about 20% this year, according to TomTom, which is one of their rivals, which makes sense, right? Because why would I pay a couple hundred bucks for this thing to stick on the hood of my dash when I could just use my iPhone? So you don't take your eyes off the road and drive off the road? <laughs> Well, I'm a dangerous driver. I've used an iPad. <laughs> so, you got to be careful be <laughs> using the, the phone to navigate. Yeah, but well, the technology's improving there. This is an example of one of those things where you save the 40 bucks on the GPS, but <laughs> you end up causing yourself a $100 spike in your car insurance every month. Yeah, I'm not saying it's safe. <laughs> I don't recommend I'm it at home. I'm just saying this is what's happening in the industry. Anyway, so about half of Garmin's gross profit is through the automotive and mobile business, which I think is going to get shellacked over the next couple of years. You're going to see big-time margin erosion there, and five years out from now, they're going to be struggling. And the ticker symbol for Garmin? G-R-M-N. He, he is right, though. It's, it's very easy to mount your cell phone to your dashboard if you do want to be safe and still use your cell phone. I was, I was just giving him a hard time. All right. Before we move on to the maybe-so stocks, uh, guys? I'm very happy to announce we have our first sponsor here at Market Foolery. Woo! That's right. Today's show is sponsored by Encore Insurance Services, LLC. Do you have life insurance and think you might be paying too much? Encore may be able to help. For a free quote, visit their website at smartterm.com or you can call 1-866-347-5748. That's 866-347-5748. They'll compare rates to help you save. And licensing and disclaimer information can be found at smartterm.com. Yeah, was this pitched as the first show? Was Joe and, Joe and me bantering? Um, you know, the, I think the people... They paid not, extra for this. <laughs> they, they understand that it's uh, it's a revolving group that we have at sure. Market Foolery. Okay. As long as we were forthright. It's an ensemble cast. It's an ensemble cast, and, and they understand that, that you and Joe are, are, for good or for bad, part of the mix. Well, thank sometimes. you for the vote of confidence, Encore. <laughs> thank you. All right, let's move on to the Maybe So Stocks. Uh, Joe Mager, we'll start with you. A stock that you are conflicted about. Yeah, Expeditors International of Washington, which has the longest corporate name I could think of. They're in freight forwarding, so they help companies get better terms on shipping goods, and they help them get around the world. Uh, I really like Expeditors. It's near a 52-week low. It's got a great 
owner-operator culture, killer balance sheet, uh, about 14% of company's market cap is in cash, conservatively run. Even though the stock's been sold off quite a bit, it's still not cheap. So I would like to see it fall further, and I think it would if we really end up in a big recession. So that's why I haven't hopped on it, but I would like to if it gets cheaper. I, I was looking at Expeditors the other day because I agree with Joe. It's, it's a fantastically well-run company, and there's a weird thing that stood out, which is that this company is generating tons of cash every year, but the balance sheet pays, but it pays a small sort of almost unnoticeable dividend, but it's the cash balance on its balance sheet wasn't going up. And it's like, well, that's curious. Why isn't the cash balance going up if they're generating all this cash? And, and Rich, who, who sat across from me, said, you know what? I bet they're repurchasing shares. And, and sure enough, they were repurchasing a lot of shares every year. But then we looked, and the share count wasn't going down. So this, well, that's curious. Why is that happening? And Joe, why is that happening? It's because they use a lot of stock options. A lot of stock options. So it's but, hard. It's hard because if the cash is just going to repurchase options, it doesn't go back to reward shareholders. In fairness, I would say that that strategy served them well over time. Yes. No. The stock is, has obviously been a winner, but it's it's, a, it's an interesting situation and a reason why I think you're right to hold off at current prices. I agree with Joe 100 percent on this. But like I said, it caught my eye. But I'd, I'd call it a maybe so also. And Joe, the ticker symbol. EXPD. All right, Tim Hansen, your maybe so stock? Uh, mine is a company called Fortuna Silver, which is a miner of silver as well as gold and copper. Um, it's on my radar because they're just about to bring a huge new mine in Mexico uh, to production. They have record production in Peru at their Peruvian mine. And obviously, gold and silver prices are very high right sure, now. Yeah. So they're making a ton of money. Incredibly, they actually have a negative um, cost of production in Peru because while they're mining silver, they also accidentally happen to dig out all this gold, which they can also sell. So it's a nice situation. It's a nice accident. Um, it's also about to list on the New York Stock Exchange, which is going to be an interesting um, situation. Right now, it's in Toronto, SVI uh, there, but it's going to be on the New York Stock Exchange very soon. Why is it a maybe? Well, because as Joe's, you know, as we've been talking about in the past, Silver and gold prices are very high. When prices are high, they have room to drop. And even though they're going to bring out a lot more production, um, my uncertainty about the price environment is what gives me a little bit of pause. We had Rick Harrison uh, from the TV show Pawn Stars uh, on Motley Fool Money earlier in the summer. Um, he's very bullish on silver. Now, granted, the name of the establishment he owns is you know, the gold and silver, but he's, <laughs> he's very much a fan of silver versus gold. Well, I think silver is more attractively priced than gold right now. Gold has gone up farther faster, and you can actually do stuff with silver that you can't do with gold, <laughs> like like use it. Um, so those things silver has going for it. Yep. Uh, and, and, and so, but like I said, I, I'm not a prognosticator on metals prices. I, I think the way I've been looking at metals and at Fortuna specifically is that, you know, in a world where equities and, and central banks and things continue to go crazy, it's a nice little hedge. And, and there are a lot of dicey companies in sort of the mining field. And this one seems like a good one, debt-free balance sheet, et cetera. Uh, two quick questions on Fortuna silver. No, no smarmy comments, Joe? Yeah, everybody knows that I think precious metals are ridiculous. <laughs> In case you didn't, now you do. Ridiculous or ridiculously priced? <laughs> well, ridiculously priced. I mean, I mean, of the at two, the right price, you'd buy a gold suit, Joe. I would. I would love some <laughs> golden fleece. Um, yeah, I mean, all things equal between the two, I would definitely roll with silver because a higher proportion of silver is used for industrial purposes. So what ends up happening is silver is more rationally priced than gold. That doesn't mean it can't be wacky priced but less wacky than gold. Tim, two quick questions on Fortuna Silver. Um, what is the expected timing of when it is going to go on the New York Stock Exchange, and what is the ticker? Uh, they just applied. So mm -hmm. um, 
probably in the next couple of months is what you're looking at. Uh, the ticker right now, they don't have a U.S. ticker, but in Toronto, it is FVI. All right. Tim Hansen from Motley Fool Global Gains and Joe Mager from Motley Fool Inside Bank. Guys, thanks for being here. Thank, Thank you, you, Chris. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. Our producer is Matt Greer. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. 